There we are. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. So happy to be here with you today, having some technical difficulties. You know when JC is gone. <laughs> When JC is gone, I am going to have tech issues. So um, I, I liken myself to be kind of a smart girl, but this I get frustrated with technical issues. And uh, JC and I did some, some studio taping today where we actually took our equipment to a real life studio and uh, we were doing some work where not to let the cat out of the bag, but we were doing some, some new work on uh, Liberty First University. And it was, uh, it requires us to pick up all our equipment and move. Well, JC then, um, oh, no sound. Why don't you have any sound? You have sound now. Okay. So JC is, uh, at school with the car and all our tech equipment. Yay! <laughs> so, um, what you're seeing now is what Chris Ann could throw together in 20 minutes on her laptop. Isn't technology awesome? You, I don't even know if you guys notice that there's a difference. I think the camera looks different. The sound probably sounds a little bit different. But uh, I'm, I'm just excited to have you here with me today. And this is going to be a bit of a, uh, a short show. I have an interview at 7 o'clock. And I'm excited about my interview at 7 o'clock. And it's, um, I don't want to tell you the name of who it is. But I'll, let me pull it up here so you can, I can tell you exactly where it is and who I'm with. All right. So we are who moved my freedom radio is my interview at seven o'clock uh, with uh, DJ strange. How crazy is that? So talk show strange and I'm excited about that. So if you want to know how to access that, you need to go to chrisannhall.com. And I know I don't have a banner for that because JC's not here and I'm working, doing my best uh, to manage without him. <laughs> you guys are so kind to me. Thank you so very much. And so I wanted to say thank you everybody for being here with me. This is our court day, right? I promised you a teach show on seven cases that are going to be really, really important for the, um, uh, upcoming 2020. This is These are Supreme Court cases that are going to be heard in 2020, and it's going to be vital. Now, the first thing that I wanted to mention to you was a different kind of case. This is the Joe Arpaio case. Now, I want you to remember that Donald Trump pardoned Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Okay, so uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio was found guilty and then uh, President Trump pardoned him during his first year in office. Arpaio, was, who is 87 years old, was convicted in 2017 of criminal contempt of federal court in, in a racial profiling case after disobeying a judge's order to stop immigration enforcement as a sheriff. He was pardoned weeks after his conviction. 
Now let's, let's look at this from a constitutional perspective. What is the power of the pardon for the president? The power of the pardon for the president is that he has the sole authority. This is one of the president's unilateral powers. He has the sole authority to pardon for, yes, federal offenses. So we know Joe Arpaio meets the, the criteria for being pardoned because he can be pardoned for federal, he can, uh, Trump can pardon people for federal offenses and Joe, Joe Arpaio was convicted of a federal crime. And we also know that because it's a federal crime and he's pardoned, then he is now admonished. Is that the right word? He is, let's just make it clear. He's cleared of those charges. He is pardoned. He's given a pass. He's totally, uh, he's uh, totally uh, ha has to have the charges dropped, everything, right? I don't know what my brain is. I'm, I'm distracted today and I'm very sorry. But here's the thing. A panel of three judges in San Francisco, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, just this past Thursday, upheld the lower court's decision to not set aside Arpaio's guilty conviction. I'm not lying, guys. The court has said, we will not set aside Arpaio's conviction in spite of the fact that the President of the United States has pardoned him. Pardoned him. And the court says, no, we will not comply with presidential pardon, right? The district court's judgment dismissing Arpaio's criminal proceeding with prejudice and denying vacature of the finding of guilt is affirmed. Judge J. Bybee wrote in his quote-unquote ruling, because Arpaio's challenges to the district court's finding of guilt are moot, we do not address them. This really bothers me. Because number one, number one, it's the liberals running around having a tantrum when people like me are teaching about nullification. When we teach that you don't that that you don't have to follow an unconstitutional act of the federal government, that you have that states are duty bound to refuse to enforce unconstitutional legislative acts unconstitutional Supreme Court opinions, unconstitutional executive orders, unconstitutional educational agencies. When I teach that, when I show you that the founders who actually ratified the Constitution believed that, intended that, said that, no law contrary to the Constitution can be valid and therefore is null and void. James Wilson said, has no effect, no force of law whatsoever. And yet, here are the liberals in the Ninth Circuit nullifying a presidential pardon. 
Now, this is not lawful nullification, by the way. There is a difference between lawful nullification and unlawful nullification. Just so you understand, a lawful nullification is a state saying, we will not enforce federal marijuana laws. That's lawful nullification because we've never authorized the federal government, we've never delegated power to the federal government to tell us what we can eat, what we can wear, what we can smoke, what we can drink, what we can ingest in our bodies, what we can put in our, our, our houses. We never delegated any of that stuff to the federal government. So if a state wants to make marijuana legal, then the state, because if a power is not delegated to the federal government, it is reserved to the states. If the state wants to legalize marijuana, they have the authority to do that. In the same respect, if they want to uh, make marijuana consumption illegal, the state has the prerogative to do that. It's within their power. It's a power reserved. Now, the states who are giving the benefits of citizenship to aliens, a.k.a. sanctuary cities, are not engaging in lawful nullification because, you see, that power was properly delegated to the federal government. We delegated to Congress the authority to make the uniform rule of naturalization. Okay? And because we authorized the federal government through delegation of power of the, of the Constitution to create the uniform rule of naturalization and the contract of the Constitution binds all the member states to the terms of the Constitution. It's the supreme law of the land if it's done pursuant to the Constitution. So if it's done pursuant to the Constitution, the supreme law of the land, then the states must abide for it by it. So the states that are ignoring the uniform rule of naturalization are failing to uphold and enforce the Constitution. So here's what we have. We have Joe Arpaio want, trying to enforce the supreme law of the land, enforcing the immigration, the uniform rule of naturalization laws created by Congress. The liberal deep state under Barack Obama refuse to enforce these laws. Can I just mention to you that if you go back a little bit further, you'll find out that it was also George W. Bush who refused to enforce the, the immigration laws as well. So, Joe Orpio, sheriff at the time, with the authority and the responsibility as a constitutional office to enforce the supreme law of the land enforces the uniform rule of naturalization and the Obama era deep state Department of Justice prosecutes him for enforcing the uniform rule of naturalization. Donald Trump comes in, pardons Joe Arpaio for the federal crime and now the Ninth Circuit refuses to vacate his conviction. This is an unlawful nullification. Clear cut. Unlawful nullification. Yet 
the same professors, the same legal scholars, the same think tank idiots who jump all over me, who have put me on the Southern Poverty Law Center list of anti-government extremist hate groups because I teach lawful nullification. Those same nincompoops will jump up and tell you that the Ninth Circuit is justified in not obeying the impeach the the uh, pardon by the president. See why I'm angry? I'm I'm tired. I'm tired of two sets of rules. I'm tired of the way that our system is so biased by ideology that we can no longer follow the law. That the average American, not Liberty First people, not you people who are listening here, but the average American who doesn't tune in, who doesn't remember anything about their civics class, and the left-wing radicals and their millennial minions, I need a cartoonist. I need a cartoonist that can draw me a millennial minion. Because that's what they're breeding. Millennial minions to the ignorance ideologies that we have that are sustaining and promoting lawless, unlimited government. And I'm tired of it. I'm absolutely tired of it. I think that next week, I'm going to take a little vacation. Next week is Colton's spring break. So I may take a few days off next week. When I take a few days off next week, I'm going to do this little media fast thing. Because you know me, I'm always very optimistic. I'm very patient with people. I'm a teacher, I'm, uh, and that's in my heart. And when people get nasty with me and, and people you know get ugly with me and say you're wrong and you're stupid, I, I try to discuss these things with them. I try to show them where their error is. I don't... Like, when you come in and watch the YouTube live. I'm always saying, look, be cordial. Use big words, not bad words. I want us to be able to reach people, right? Go reach people. Well, I, I just simply have lost a bit of that. And if you're following me on social media, you probably noticed I issued a PSA on my Facebook page the other day and said, look, I feel a ceremonial blocking coming on. I posted the, the clip of the show that we did not too long ago, a clip from the Daily Journal where we talked about the difference between private business and public business. Would you believe that the, the quote-unquote conservatives came out of the freaking woodwork to call me a liberal to call, and now I got this guy, this this conservative troll, running around calling me partisan, a partisan Republican hack. Really? I, I, okay, so my 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 whole idea of 
patience is running out. So when that happens, it usually means I need to have a little break. So I wanted to play for you Joe Biden's clip from the text from his little Texas speech. I wanted to play that for you, but because of my little technical problems here, I don't get to play that for you. But if you haven't seen this, if you haven't seen Joe Biden, the clip from Joe Biden's speech, where he says, uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are, um, you know, you, you know that thing. Right? All men are done. You know that thing. I was like, good God, get that man a teleprompter. But then it occurred to me. You got to go hear it for yourself. It occurred to me at that point in time that I think what stopped Joe Biden from finishing that sentence, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, is that Joe Biden couldn't say endowed by their creator. He couldn't let those words come out of his mouth. I believe that Joe Biden was psychologically and physically prevented from those words endowed by their creator. He could not let those words come out of his mouth because he doesn't want to repeat those things. Number one, I don't know if he believes in a, if he says he believes in a creator or not, but he obviously has a whole lot of trouble talking about our creator. Number two, if he goes around talking about how our rights are endowed upon us by our creator, woo, that blows the whole liberal socialist game out of the water, doesn't it? Totally out of the water. So you can say that Joe didn't know the words or that Joe was drunk or on drugs or stumbled, but I guarantee you, notice exactly where he stops. He exactly stops where he's about to talk about the creator. And he couldn't do that. I, I, I know that's what it is. He just simply could not say endowed by their creators. Maybe, maybe it had been like the exorcist. Maybe his head would have spun around in a circle and green pea soup would have flown out of his mouth. I don't know. Maybe he needs an exorcism. But nonetheless, watch it. I bet that's what it was. I mean, Joe is an idiot, but I'm pretty sure that Joe can recite, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are endowed, uh, are created equal and endowed by their creator, right? So I think he wanted to, I, I think he actually knows the words. And that's why he went on autopilot and it was kind of just sort of rolling off his tongue. He wanted to stop with created equal, but then it just kept rolling on autopilot. And when he got to the creator part, he just couldn't let that out. So maybe maybe we can we can find some some people to lay hands on him and cast out his demons. I don't know. I don't know. Well, like I said I have an I have an interview tonight. So I wanted to talk to you about these seven big Supreme Court cases that you need to watch coming in 2020. Uh, the first one is a separation of powers case. And this is the, the this is about Donald Trump's uh, Congress trying to to subpoena Donald Trump's financial records, right? 
his personal and corporate records. Now, there's absolutely nothing in the Constitution that allows Congress to subpoena these records without accusation of crime. Donald Trump is not accused of extortion. He is not accused of bribery. Had he actually been accused of bribery, then they would have had a legitimate impeachment, but they didn't. When they're trying to impeach the man, when they had the opportunity to bring bribery as a full-out crime, I want you to recognize this. If they had charged Donald Trump with bribery, they could have justified impeaching I'm sorry, they could have justified subpoenaing his financial records. They want his financial records. They could have tried to impeach him for bribery, would have given them cause to subpoena his financial records. But the fact that they could not, they want to subpoena his records so badly, they couldn't even dream up a bribery case against him to impeach him with. So they have no cause to have his financial records. It is not a qualification for the President of the United States to disclose tax records or financial records, period. That's not an, that is not one of the Article II requirements for the Office of President. So they have no reason. And they can't just do it. And so that's the case that one of the cases that's going to be before the Supreme Court. Now, this is going to be a pretty big deal because... We've already seen the court uh, give an injunction to prevent the subpoenas, uh, the subpoena being enforced. So the Supreme Court said, until we hear this case, you don't get to enforce your subpoena. They, they ordered an injunction to stop the subpoena until the cases were, were held. And, and, you know, then Sotomayor loses her mind. She's like freaking out, right? So when this comes before the Supreme Court, it will be very, very interesting to see who falls where. Now, I've already told you, constitutionally speaking, without allegation of crime, Congress has no authority to subpoena the president's records. So I will, I will sort of predict that Gorsuch will be uh, on the side of the Constitution. I suppose that I could also see Thomas being on the side of the Constitution. But where the rest will fall, that's going to be really, really interesting. And I want you to realize why this is such a big case. It's not about Donald Trump. Although I'm sure the, my, my, my cons so-called conservative troll who's listening right now is is going to tell me I'm being partisan because, uh, you know, I, I believe that the Democrat-appointed justices are, uh, you know, you can't tell if they're going to follow the Constitution or not. And because I think that, you know, siding with Trump is the constitutional side, I'm sure my, my conservative troll right now is going to tell me I'm being partisan when the bottom line is this. I'm talking about the Constitution here. I've laid out the constitutional uh, platform, the constitutional principles here. And in order to uphold the Constitution, you have to find that Congress doesn't have the authority to do this. It has nothing. Let me repeat this. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump. Could be Mickey Mouse. They still wouldn't have the authority to subpoena the records. Okay? Without a crime, you have no subpoena power. 
Here's why this is important. Because it's not about Trump. This is a separation of powers issue. If the court finds in favor of Congress, then we have, I don't know, I'm trying to be optimistic here. We have very, very little separation of powers left between Congress, uh, between the legislative and the executive. If the legislative can, can, can harass and subpoena and just simply uh, maliciously chase after the president of the United States they don't like, then in reality, the legislative branch will control the executive branch. And that is a huge separation of powers issue. Our next case is the Louisiana abortion law cases. The justices will hear a challenge to a Louisiana law requiring that abortion performing doctors have the right to admit patients to a local hospital in what will be the first abortion case before the court since President Trump's two nominees took the bench. In 2016, the court struck down a similar Texas law, 5-3, to three, with Justice Kennedy voting alongside the court's reliably liberal bloc. But Kennedy has since retired, and with the additions of Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, the Hill says, the court now tilts more conservative. That shift has abortion rights advocates worried. Now remember, Gorsuch is, I, I believe Gorsuch is going to side with the Constitution. Abortion is not a federal issue. It is a state issue. And the state has, just like marijuana, has the right to outlaw abortion. They have a right to make abortion illegal. This is not a federal issue. Can we be clear about that? I will tell you from a personal principled uh, understanding of natural law and the purpose of government, right? The purpose of government is to secure the rights of the people. I believe that it is immoral. I believe that it is contrary to natural law. It is contrary to the purpose of government to not secure life, period. So a sole purpose of a state's existence is to secure life. So you can take it from there however you want to go. There is an inalienable right to life. And if the government can choose whether you can live or not, then you have nothing. So... You know, take that where you want to go. I'm sure I'm going to get another bunch of comments about that. Uh, you know, my body, whatever. Uh, look, it's life, and we're we're not going to argue about that. I'm not going to have that discussion. You want to have that discussion? You have that discussion with JC. I don't have those discussions. JC likes to have those discussions. I will not have that discussion with you. But the bottom line is, is not a federal issue, and the idea that the Hill believes that because. Kavanaugh is there instead of Kennedy is completely amiss. Kavanaugh is Kennedy 2.0. And I don't think you can be guaranteed, number one, that Kennedy is going to, that, excuse me, that was a Freudian slip, that, that uh, Kavanaugh is going to vote any different than Kennedy. So this is going to be a state's issue. This is going to be a right to life issue. We're going to see how this goes. Now we have two religious liberty cases that are going to come before the courts. So uh, the first one has to do with religious school scholarships. 
in a case, uh, according to the Hill, in a case with potentially broad implications for church-state relations, the justices will review a decision by the Montana Supreme Court to invalidate a scholarship program that could benefit religious schools. The state's top court struck down the program after finding it ran afoul of a Montana constitutional provision that bans state tax dollars from funding sectarian schools. Okay? So, this is a separation of church and state issue. Maybe we'll take a little bit more time uh, later and talk about the, constitu the constitutional position of these cases, but I'm, I'm kind of running out of time. So that's a case that's going to be heard. Uh, religi religious exemptions from discrimination suits, another religious liberty case. The justices are being asked to resolve whether two Catholic schools are exempt from employment discrimination suits brought by former teachers. This is also another separation of church and state. The church is a religious entity. They are teaching a religious school, not a public school. So, can the government tell a Christian, a, a, a religious school, let's just say a religious school, because this, this will impact every religion, not just Catholic, not just Christian, and I know Catholic, Christian, same thing, but I'm just saying, not just anything. So, if you have a Jewish school, if you have a madrasa, the, can the government tell you what your teachers, who your teachers have to be? Can they force you to have homosexual teachers in a religious school whose religious at religion actually opposes that? This is a really big deal. Now, the court will also take on the Google v. Oracle case, which is a huge uh, copyright law issue. And that's going to be a big deal. I want to talk about that one in, in detail. So this is sort of your kind of your run through. Uh, several of these cases, we're going to spend actual time going through and talking about these cases. Uh, then we're going to have the Bridge case. This one's going to be really, really interesting. This is corruption at the deep level, and we're going to find out where our Supreme Court stands with corruption. Okay? So on January 14th, uh, and that's uh, already, I guess, already been heard. I'm trying to, right? So, uh, I guess I'm a little, yeah. So, the court heard arguments over an appeal from Bridget Ann Kelly, who served as deputy chief of staff to former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, of her convictions for the role in the infamous Bridgegate scandal. In Bridgegate, the governor's allies allegedly colluded to close traffic toll lanes to create problems for one of Christie's political rivals. So we need to keep the, our eyes open for these cases uh, and to see where the Supreme Court runs on this, okay? Uh, we'll... We'll have to wait and see how they decide. But we're going to go over these cases in, in uh, detail. Now, the court already heard oral arguments on the Bridgegate case. 
So we need to see how that's going to work out, and we will talk about that and see where the justices fall on that as well. So as you guys know, I have a case, uh, or I have an interview coming up with Hank Strange and just a few minutes. So make sure you go to chrisannhall.com, catch the details, and then join us on Hank Strange's show. And I will um, love to see you. I wish we could have had longer today. I'm sorry that I had all of those technical difficulties. But I promise you, I promise you a better show uh, later this week. You know, I go to Phoenix tomorrow. And I will be teaching in Yuma, Arizona. Uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So if you're in the Yuma, Arizona area, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, go ahead and look at chrisannhall.com on my calendar. Find out where I'm going to be and uh, come see me. And when you come see me, make sure you tell me, hey, I listened to you on the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. I imagine that JC is going to be doing the shows the rest of the week. I'm going to be teaching pretty uh, hardcore. I've got several classes a day. So I hope you guys enjoy having JC fill in for me. And if I don't see you before the end of the week, I will see you again on Monday. God bless you guys. See you later.